0: Welcome to the TSO Podcast. I'm Kathleen Kajioka from the new Classical FM.
1: I would like to add another dimension to it without in any way taking from the character uh, of, of the original.
0: That's TSO Conductor Laureate Sir Andrew Davis discussing the TSO's new recording of Handel's Messiah. You'll hear more from him later in the show. But first, the TSO podcast is all about introducing you to members of the orchestra. This is your chance to get to know these personalities on and off the stage. I'm joined now, along with my co-host, TSO Principal Bass Jeff Beecher, by TSO Principal Bassoon Michael Sweeney. Michael has been with the TSO for almost 30 years and also has a rich career as a solo artist and working with composers on new works for the bassoon. Michael, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me in. So, Michael, uh, many of our listeners may remember you were on the show a season ago talking about a new instrument, and we wanted an update on that, how it's going, if you may have even had some uh, some new things done to it in Germany. Yeah, just to recap, this was an instrument that you had had especially made, right? Like, right. there's no bassoon like this no, in the world. No, it's completely
2: custom-ordered, custom-designed okay. and custom-ordered. Um, yes, I'm sure your our listeners are... Uh, just uh, sitting with bated breath over uh, a good update on this instrument. (laughs) So uh, I got it uh, about a year and a half ago, and um, it was sort of a a crazy idea to sort of uh, rethink what the instrument ought to be able to do from the ground up. So I made a lot of mechanical improvements, but also a lot of ergonomic improvements just for the comfort of the hands and uh, for ease of use. Um, I I just
0: have to ask, like, what did you think was missing from the bassoon that you had or other bassoons out there that you wanted to come up with a new design?
2: I think just in my experiences of playing, uh, I'm always imagining a better way to build the mousetrap. And there are certain uh, fingering combinations or certain combinations of open and closed tone holes that I've just always thought could be rendered a bit more uh, efficient, you know, a question that I often get is, well, you know, have you patented these ideas? You know, will you become rich if they catch on? I'm afraid the bassoon market is, uh, is pretty small, so no, I'm not going to get rich. But also I have not patented these ideas because one of the things that I like about um, music is that we're we're kind of all in this together. That is, yes, we're very competitive with one another at the audition, but once you're on the job – then it's really your obligation to compare notes with other professionals to see how you can kind of improve the, uh, the profession. So when I approached uh, the maker of the instrument, uh, Wilhelm Heckel, in Wiesbaden, Germany, uh, we had no discussion on copyright or patent uh, and they're completely free to build these mechanisms on another instrument. Other makers are also welcome to do that. So the two big categories for the improvements I've made are ergonomics and uh, mechanical improvement. It so happens, you know, this is sort of a lifelong journey. So wouldn't you know it, about uh, uh, half a year after I received the new instrument, I was on the Internet. And I discovered that the players in the Vienna School of Playing... They disable a particular connection that was invented a very long time ago, and it's to allow them to use some of the keys for lower notes in the extreme high register. So uh, when I saw this, I thought, well, I wonder if that would improve Pines of Rome. And so at home, I just took something off the instrument and... uh, Darned if my Pines of Rome wasn't better. So uh, I had them, I had uh, Heckel install this uh, Viennese connection. It's a, I suppose I should call it a disconnection. Then while I was there, a very interesting thing happened. Uh, uh, there was another bassoonist there who plays in the Barcelona Orchestra, and um, he had a brand-new instrument, and uh, he was asking about some leaks very high uh, on the neck of the instrument. And um, he asked the maker, you know, could you change the leather pads that cover these uh, vents? Could you change them from uh, leather to some sort of synthetic material? Now, that's what I have on my instrument. And the owner of the firm said, well, we're no longer using synthetic. We're now using hard rubber, and we think it's better. The Barcelona player said, better how? And the owner said, better for the sound of the high notes, but really the whole instrument. So, even though I hadn't been planning to get those, uh, I I got those as well.
0: It's so fascinating at our level to think that those small little changes yeah. innovate so much about your own expression, right? That you it's, you feel so much better and liberated as a performer. Yes, and
2: therefore you become inspired by the equipment that right. you're working on. Yeah, it's funny because this was not even something that I was uh, aiming for uh, in in this particular visit, but... It's why it's so good for professionals to to talk to one another.
0: So, Michael, with this wonderful instrument and your new inspiration with it, is there anything in the upcoming season that you're particularly excited to to use your new baby on?
2: (laughs) There's tons uh, coming up. Uh, A concert that I'm really looking forward to is uh, Stravinsky's Petruchka with Robert Trevino when you think of who wrote beautifully for the bassoon and you think you think to antiquity and you think Vivaldi and certainly Mozart had a fantastic understanding of the voice of the bassoon and then in the Romantic era, Tchaikovsky is really tops on the list. And but the bassoon really comes back into sort of major popularity in the modern era. In particular, Stravinsky and Shostakovich have written just the most astonishing uh, uh, material for the bassoon. Petruchka is—it's um, a wonderful piece to begin with, and the bassoon writing in it is kind of unparalleled Um, everybody knows Rite of Spring and all of your work in Rite of Spring is done in the first two minutes of the piece and then we're also playing uh, Brahms 3 with Andre Boreko who's a real favorite of the orchestra as a conductor Michael, thank you so much for joining us Thank you, my pleasure That was TSO Principal
0: Bassoon, Michael Sweeney You can catch him next time you're at Roy Thompson Hall You're listening to the TSO Podcast Stay with us Sir Andrew Davis has a long history with the TSO. He was the music director from 1975 to 1988 and currently holds the position of conductor laureate. Sir Andrew and the TSO collaborated to record his grand reorchestration of Handel's Messiah. That CD is being released next month. I caught up with him during the recording sessions to find out about the project. Take a listen. I'm backstage with Sir Andrew Davis to talk about Messiah. Sir Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure. (laughs) What is it that makes Handel's Messiah such a successful work?
1: Handel's Messiah, which was written rather quickly, uh, and one feels it was kind of white heat inspiration uh, because it really takes this remarkable choice of texts from the Bible and sets them with such vividness and such emotional power uh, and there's everything from the the grief at uh, the, uh, uh, for instance, the tenor saying thy rebuke hath broken his heart, which kind of takes us to Christ on the cross, and then the glory of the Hallelujah chorus and the final chorus is is just uh, it, it, it's a wonderful spiritual journey. In fact, I think that was what one could say, and and overwhelming.
0: Over the years, which movement has undergone the biggest interpretive change for you?
1: one of the, the the movement that has always caused me the most um, that, that I've been preoccupied about about getting right more than anything is the opening of part 2 which is the chorus behold the lamb of god which is if you listen to different interpretations of the messiah you have some that are incredibly funereal and, and others that are very brisk and and um, and, and there's a question of of whether you do behold the lamb of or Behold, that and I prefer the former, but that's not considered politically correct these days. Um, but it, it's because it's it's something that sets up this scene uh, of of Christ's suffering, and if if it, it can be too slow and maudlin, and on the other hand, if you, if it's too fast, then um, you don't get this this sense of the of the solemnity and and the and the real sense of human tragedy that it sets up. Uh,
0: why did you feel that Handel's Messiah could use a new orchestration?
1: If Handel had been alive today, he would have used all the instruments at his disposal, which is a sort of specious argument, and it's been made a lot. But you know, would. Would uh, Bach have written for the bassett Hall if he'd known about it? Well, of course he would, but uh, but he didn't. So really, the question of why reorchestrate the Messiah is one of not to say that it's it's not sufficiently powerful in its original version, but but to actually say I would like to add another dimension to it without in any way taking from the character. Uh, of, of the original and indeed just trying to enhance perhaps the mood or the or the, the feeling of of each individual movement and and that's why I did it out of the greatest respect and, and love for the piece
0: what did you change I mean obviously it's bigger and has different colors but
1: well there there are some notable things um, for instance uh, I know that my redeemer liveth and you have to remember basically that that was written for violins and and Continuum, But in my version it starts as a clarinet solo with a s- string quartet accompaniment And then of course it becomes fuller, but um, and you know the clarinet wasn't invented for the best part of a century until after uh, 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 Handel was alive um, So it's an anachronism, but you know there, there are other things. i there's a the <laughs> instruments like a marimba in there and um uh... several percussion instruments that uh, although I've taken out some things from the last time I did it, I think I overdid the percussion department.
0: Well spending so much time with this piece and working so closely with it, you must have learned some new things about it. What did you learn about Messiah in this process?
1: Well, I, I, think, I think what I learned about it, and I'd known it of course since I was a kid, but you sort of take it for granted. What I'd learned about it was the intensity of, of the way he illuminates the text. And that's exactly what I tried to emphasize in my choice of instrumentation. But, you know, I, I just respected the piece more and more the more I, I, I worked on it. Uh, and, you know, the, the appositeness of every moment and, and the way the sequence of numbers uh, for the most part, is, is, is so um, perfectly conceived, you know, it's, um, uh, it, it's, it's an astonishing piece. And, and my love for it grew enormously in those 10 months.
0: Thank you, Sir Andrew, so much. It's been such a pleasure to talk about Messiah with you.
1: Well, thank you. I've enjoyed it too.
0: That was Sir Andrew Davis. You can find the TSO's recording of his reorchestration of Handel's Messiah in stores on November 18th. But here's your chance to be the first to hear it. So here for you now, in a TSO podcast exclusive, we have the Hallelujah Chorus. That was the TSO's brand new recording of Handel's Messiah, available in stores this November. That brings us to the end of this week's TSO podcast. Don't forget, let us know what you think of the show. Send an email to community at tso.ca or leave us a note on our Facebook or Twitter pages. For more music and stories from the Toronto Symphony Orchestra, join us on Sunday night with the TSO. That's every Sunday at 8pm on the New Classical FM. I'm Kathleen Kajioka. Join us next Monday for another episode of the TSO Podcast.
2: Ardour, grandeur, and hypnotic excitement, your Toronto Symphony has it all. I'm TSO music director Peter Ungen, inviting you on a trip back in time to the roaring 20s. Here, concertmaster Jonathan Crowe lend his impeccable technique to the lark ascending, magnificent principal violist Tung Lee in the stunning Walton Viola Concerto, followed by a glorious performance of Sibelius' magnificent Seventh Symphony. Embrace the best of the 20s, November 9th and 11th at Roy Thompson Hall. For tickets, visit tso.ca.